Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Many people say that music is a universal language. If that's the case, I would like to use music as a platform to talk about health. My name is Dr. Moshe Lewis, and I'm a full-time practicing physician who loves music and the way it affects our brains, our bodies, and our well-being. We'll be discussing topics that affect all of us. From mental health to body image, cancer screening to stroke, our health is truly our greatest asset. Hopefully, these discussions will improve the health of our community. Welcome to another series called Laughter Medicine with your host, Dr. Moshe Lewis, and I am ecstatic and delighted to be talking to Camille Solari. Her career, it is very phenomenal. I have watched you sort of really expand your horizons into movies, film, directing, TV shows, and now you have a series out. I know it's not new because uh, Charlie is now seven years old. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> it's yeah. so amazing to have you. And um, there are so many things that struck me. Um, and one of those is Boston. So I thought we might kind of go back to the beginning and Pretty talk hard. about sort of how you got your start. Um, very traditional family. I trained in Boston for whatever. I was going to ask. You did, right? Exactly. You may have caught it on the number. Yeah. So, um, so I lived there for quite a few years and still had family there. Um, what was it like growing up and, and then sort of this, this comedy side of you, how did it emerge? Right, right. Um, your training was in Boston. Was it in Cambridge, your training? Uh, so it? yeah, very close. So <laughs> I was in um, uh, Boston University for Perfect. a bit, Pops, yeah. and then also we rotated to Harvard. So Harvard, that's what I thought, yeah. Are really close there. Um, yeah. So uh, yes, yeah, so I lived near uh, Brookline uh, in Milton. And, okay. Um, I very much. You uh, didn't grow up there. Where did you grow yeah. up? Yeah. yeah. New York. Right. I thought so. Okay. Good. But you know that, that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you know, right? So um, yeah, Brookline is a very upper middle class, diverse, uh, unique place to grow up. Although quite Jewish, like we were like, the whole street was like, Jew, 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 Jew. And then a, an Italian Catholic on one end and then another Italian Catholic on the other end. We just like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I lost your audio. Is it there? Can you, I lost your audio. Oh, okay. There uh, we go, we're back. Awesome. Okay, so, um, yeah, but it's sort of conservative and political and um, either the kids either did really well and went to Harvard or like went to rehab. Like that was, uh, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, 
the trust fund child that moved to New York and a sad story or, you know, and then there's the ones in between, I guess, like us, you know, I went to Emerson and um, <laughs> yeah, took a, the, there was a lot, of, I guess there's a lot of artists from Brookline High School. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and so how'd you get interested in comedy of, of all things, like you said, pretty traditional uh, family, your dad was an attorney, your mom's a teacher, yeah. gateway, so no doubt. Like so I don't even like to go out. I was, so I was walking out, <laughs> I was, so I was like, I had to walk my dog, you know what I mean? And there was this lady coming towards me and she seemed normal, you know what I mean? I mean, she was just wearing a dirty bathrobe, but she seemed normal, you know what I mean? I just thought maybe she's rich. You know how like rich people wear shitty clothes, you know what I mean? Like. Like, so, you know, because they don't care because I'm so fucking rich, you know what I mean? And she was kind of pretty, you know what I mean? Like, she just had that, anyway, you know that sort of when you're really an alcoholic and you sort of look tan, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, she has bronzer on, you know what I mean? Anyway, sh she was coming towards me, and you know you can't tell someone's crazy until you get close enough to see that fucking like, you know what I mean? Look in your eye, you know what I mean? And it's too fucking late, you know what I mean? And she's walking, and then she's like, I'm like, ah! You know what I mean? And then she full on flashes me, right? I'm like, oh my God. And my dog's like, I fucking love Los Angeles. He's a Boston Terrier. Um, my dad's pretty, was pretty funny. I mean, um, the, he, he was very dry East Boston guy and um, like never lost a case, but he, he was, you know, every Christmas or he'd take us, tells a story um, like, some strange thing about him that we never knew about, you know, like, oh yeah, when I was, cause he was, he's like, when I was in the secret service, when I was 17 and for Nixon, you know, like, and I had to, I was like, what, you know, like, and then, or like, or when I was, had to do legal work for the mafia, you know, and then we take us to the house and we're like, Huh? And like anyway, and then that was it. And he's like, "Zip, quiet." You know, like we're like, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> right, right. Or or he'd read me like Edgar Allan Poe stories mm -hmm. when I would for like a bedtime reading. Right, which, right, right. Which is, I think <laughs> a little for a humorous dark right. comedy. Sure, right. And did you sense, I mean, what was that sort of magical moment where you're like, I think I might have a penchant or at least an interest in it? Because certainly maybe it was um, being Right. Cool. In comedy, um, I don't know. I remember there was like some, I would do, like I started to do sketch comedy in high school, like, um, but I wasn't part of the theatery people, right? Sure. Like, right. But I was, but I was, but I just, wanted to do the funny part, I guess. But then mm -hmm. I ended up going to Emerson and majoring in Shakespeare sketch comedy. Like, so I would do, we'd study Shakespeare, but I I really liked, I, I did creative writing as well. And so um, I guess I just kept it on the back burner, but stand-up comedy is so different. Mm -hmm. um, I did the LA program, which is like at Emerson University, Emerson College has a program in LA where you can oh, kind of okay. intern. So I interned with like Danny DeVito and he was so he funny. Was, he made everything very, uh, he made things approach, he's approachable, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. like life is not serious. Um, like it's, and, and I realized that too. I was like, oh, wow. And then it wasn't until 10 years ago that I actually went into comedy. But prior to that, I would do, I was writing 
um, doing comedy performances for Comedy Central, um, this show called Comedy Central Sit and Spin. And um, so I sort of jumped from Boston to LA, but I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, no. That starts to be the yeah. beginning of it. And exactly how did that transition occur? Was it, oh, I really know that I need to be in LA if I'm going to really be in comedy or you really um, were well on more like between uh, finishing high school and going to college, I moved to New York with one of my best friends. And I was like, oh, you can't, if you're poor in New York, that really sucks. You know, like, like yeah. I remember having three jobs and, and being like, oh my God, this is like, it's cool. But I, I mean, come winter, like, no way. Like, uh, this sucks. Like, I, I, I mean, I like the, I prefer the vibe of New York, but, um, and then I did the LA program and I went to LA. I was like, oh, okay, well, if you're gonna be broke for a while, LA is a much more comfortable place to be. <laughs> really, that was the desert. That was like the deciding factor. <laughs> I know, well, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> because for so many people, I mean, yeah. you hear that about New York and LA, that, that people come with a dollar and a dream. And yeah. uh, really trying to make it happen is something that can be um, so inspiring. What were some of those sort of initial, gosh, I, I just have to do this because I've, I've got to work um, versus I was doing the things that I enjoyed that you experienced while you're in LA? You're saying what were the jobs or what was it yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, what were some of those initial things? Because sometimes people are like, well, I went and I did some of the clubs and things of that nature, or you were mentioning you were writing, um, which is a very different, coming in at a very different level being a writer. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of like what horrible jobs I had. Um, I mean, I I didn't I didn't have those jobs for that long because I I did. I mean, I always think, oh, well, it's good to have a bad job because then you think about what you really want to be doing, I suppose. But luckily, I didn't I wasn't a very good waitress. So that that was good. Um, I did bartend, which is fun. I like that. Um, but um so I only really did that for a few years. And then I got a job in the industry. I was I was uh, working as Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's assistant for like five years. And that was, that was like, whoa, okay. So this is what it's supposed to be like, oh. Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is way, I want that. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that so I was lucky and got some industry jobs, I guess. Um, and then after that, I think I went into doing my own movies. So I wrote movies and they started to get made. And I did a movie with it was a dark comedy called True True Lie with um, that I uh, the Weinstein's just released it. <laughs> I always laugh when I say the Weinstein's. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> those guys. No, um, so, <laughs> and um, so I, I started, I got a few movies back to back that I wrote and either starred in or produced or sold or, so it was good. And then, um, then I started to get more specific. Like, uh, I was like, oh, I really, it's, my friend Jerry is a comedy teacher and I know it's a lot of comedians are like, you're never supposed to take a class for comedy because, um, you know, it's supposed you to just open mics. You know? right. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, maybe when you're 12, you know, yeah. like, like if you start at like 
you know, 19. Yeah, I don't mind hanging out at disgusting open mics, like, but I wasn't. I started later. I was like, no, I've got to cut to the jump of the line. And so I did a showcase and then I got a manager and then only a couple of years later really got Arsenio Hall. So it was like, it, it, it was it was fast. Yeah. Right, right. So let's talk about that because you've mentioned some really, really big names. So um, Dan DeVito, Tom Cruise, and, and then yeah. the Arsenio show. Um, in terms of uh, Danny's personality, what types of things do you feel like, gosh, I absorb that too and, and try to incorporate that into the person that I am or just uh, being able to, to interact with him in that type of way? Um. He, he was really a layback. He was really low key, not serious. And I think that is the key to most of it. Like mm -hmm. when a serious situation arises, he's like, meh, what are you gonna do? You know, like same with my dad at the same, I mean, they're both Italian, you know, like they, they're like, well, you, you know, like the, a bomb gets dropped, right? And you're like, it is what it is. yeah. And then I'm like, oh, you don't have to be, but I don't think I was really serious either, but but I was scared just because I was really young and I didn't know if I didn't want to get in trouble. But, you know, but I mean, I think definitely some if some big things are going on, because sometimes that's a lot of pressure. I mean, he was producing big movies and and as he is now, I guess, or more acting, I guess. But but there is a lot of pressure like there's, And he just always seemed very like, hmm whatever. I mean, if it works out, whatever. Right. right? Like, <laughs> which is sometimes you forget that that is the unseriousness is the best way to be. Right. right. And that is in essence, the it's stand-up comedy. You, you, you can't be too serious about it. Or if there's a heckler, right. you try not to be too, you, you're like, okay, that's super annoying. Um, what, how can I alleviate the situation? Does this person just clearly need some attention, you know, right. like, then you could you know you're like i'm so sorry you must have such a you get no attention to exactly. you in life that is so sad <laughs> right. you know and then it's usually kind of true you know like right. Right. and they're like oh yeah i do kind of get no attention you know? right now i've got it right yeah, yeah. And that raises a, a good point because it, it does the show it does have a medical aspect. Have you ever thought about the fact that, gosh, what I'm doing is um, cathartic for me, but also helps uh, alleviate some of the stressors um, that people experience, even if sometimes they they get out of control? Oh yeah, I mean, I think um, like the the a joke that the structure of a good joke, in my opinion, is is like something that's true to you but with a very specific attitude about it, right? So you're like, you know, what's, you know, weird about being pregnant is people always wanna to talk to you or something like that. Like that could be a premise, right? right? And, and you, it has to be a truth or else it is sort of phony, right? Like you don't have the, you don't get the reaction from the audience that they're gonna be like, they want it to be true. They want to go, yeah, that happens to me. Or like, oh my God, no way. I mean, that that's the the part. You want them to sort of go, yeah, and then have a funny spin on it, right? Like, um, so that is that is joke structure. I, and I think that's why so many, you know, um Dave, like Dave, Dave Chappelle, like the king, right? Of that, I, I've lost your audio again. Uh -oh. Can't hear you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, th that is the king of of like 
here's something true. Here's my opinion about it. And here's the act out about it. Right. And he gets into trouble too. Cause you're like, Oh yeah, that's true, but okay. kind of wrong. Right, right, right. Doing things right can't be PC. So that yeah. brings up a, a topic that I think a, a lot of people yeah. um, in the industry and certainly outside are wrangling with it, and, and it is somewhat medical. We all look to comedy to really sort of be that place where no holes barred. Say what you want. You have people that are very, very in your face. You have those that are much more, like you said, the joke structure and the way things are built to take people along a journey that they may, may or may not be relate, be able to relate to, but they can enjoy. So here you come up with controversial topics because the social movement of the day flies in the face of it. It's not appropriate to say this, it's not PC and it's not appropriate to say that. Uh, how do you feel sort of the, the industry and the public should really take comedy? Uh, yeah. that's, a good, that's a good question. Um, so I, I've been in news, I, I'm, I spent the most of my time in the last year and a half in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And New Zealand, I don't know if you know much about the culture, but, um, it's, uh, I was in Christchurch, which is in the South Island. Right. And, um, it's, and you won an award while you are there too. What's that, what did you say? You won an award while you were there too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I did, a, I did a, a TV series while I was there about Kiwis coming home. So I had to learn the, the comedic tone was different. People are a little right. bit more, and this is so generalizing, but yeah. like, um, it's in LA, you can say a joke about race. That's not, I, I, you know, like, hey, there's a black guy in the audience. Hey, dude, you're black. Can I ask you a question about blah, blah, blah? Right. Like that is, you can say that you can say what is in front of you. It, mm -hmm. it is okay, right? But in, in New Zealand, it scares them to say mm -hmm. that. Like it's, and, like I remember there was a black guy and, and I was like, he, he was from Africa, like straight from Africa. Right? Mm -hmm. And, and I was like, dude, like weird right here. You know, he's like, Oh, <laughs> you have no idea you know I mean? because there's, there's so not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not so unsaid, right? Sure. sure. So unsaid, but then weirdly, strangely PC. So the white people are frightened, sure, right. frightened of offending, right? right? Mm -hmm. And then the people of color are like, what is your fucking problem? You know what I right. mean? Like, like so there's such a weird, um, so I try when I do comedy to surround myself by like a, my, a gay comic and like a, a black comic, just, just so I'm like, you guys are like, you guys have to protect me <laughs> from the PC brigades, you know, <laughs> like, right. like it's, it's, it's a weird, mm -hmm. it's a weird thing. So uh, it's a little bit, you know, there, there's that, but I don't know, I lost my train of thought on that one, but <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I forgot what your question yeah. was. Well, it's just, just getting at sort of what should, what you think is a really helpful stance for the comic as well as the, the audience when it, when it comes to comedy, because um, like you said, it can be really difficult to sort of navigate what can be said and what can't when overall people do want your opinion and they want it to be honest yeah. and, and, and funny at the same time. Right. Well, I think what's important is that it's true and funny. Um, sometimes like people, 
think like in, in New Zealand, I found this too, that there's a certain group of people that thought comedy was just therapy. Mm. Like they go on stage and then I'm like, is this poetry or something? Like what went on, what's going on? Like, where's the joke? Where's the joke? You know, like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. Comedy, you have to be truthful. You can be truthful about what you think and what you see, but it has to be funny. Like that's the, you know, like don't forget that that's part. Requirement. Yeah, this isn't, it's therapeutic, but if you're only doing the therapy part, like do a podcast or, you know, like, <laughs> you know, but it, I mean, and the, and the therapy part for the comic is the laughter, right? And the laughter is the therapy for the audience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So honesty, something true, or, 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 you know, or just laughter itself is, is therapeutic, right? You, especially, I mean, how many times do you laugh a day? Do you, how many times do you laugh a day? I mean, right. right. That's I don't point. know, right? Yeah. Like, like, is it once? Is it twice? Right. And and certainly from our perspective, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm a physician full time, still practicing, and yeah. so um, many times I've you know worked that in there without trying overly, but like you said, I've got clear messages that I want to communicate about safety, taking care of yourself and health. But we've got, hey, you know, here's what my grandmother would say: you you want to try to not get people falling on the floor because then they don't take you seriously medically but it's helpful because if you sound preachy from from our perspective people really tune out right Uh, they they don't come to the physician to to fall on the floor laughing but by the same token they also don't want to always be crying or or so bored that they can't wait to get out so yeah um, it's true there's a when we, we, we live in both places in New Zealand and LA now, and we actually, our place is in a small town and there's this a small town doctor. Mm-hmm. And we love the small town doctor because he's actually quite funny and amazing doctor, right? And he definitely has an air of, um, I just feel like it is the best persona for a doctor, which is, I completely know what I'm talking about. Right, exactly. But, you know, listen, you're, you're not gonna die. You right, know, right, like, right, like you, right, right. So, but, and it it is, I feel like it's hard for a doctor to have that fine line of comedy, but it's so needed, right? Like your hand's not going to fall off. That's the good news. Right, right. However, you know. (laughs) Something you can do. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, because people need it, right? Especially in like medical situations, you know. Right, right. Whether it's cancer, you know, or. You know, and I've joked a lot. I lost both my parents to cancer and, and like, I do lots of jokes on cancer. And, and I always say, listen, I'm allowed. If you've lost one or two members, close members of family, you can crack jokes about, about cancer. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, one time I have this, this joke that if, if the room has a dark sense of humor, I go one way. Right. If the room has a not dark sense of humor, I go another way. And it's, the, the, it's just one line, and I say, um, you know, I've, I, 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 you know, I dated older guys. You know, I said, oh, it's, I'm, I'm, I married a younger guy, but I used to date other guys. And the only problem with dating older guys is they always seem to have ear hair, or I say, if it's a dark room, I say cancer, sure. right? It's really dark. Or if it's a light room, I say they either have, they have ear hair and wives, right? Like so, it depends. <laughs> But the cancer one, I remember I said the cancer one. I was like, 
I looked at the room like dark, okay, sure. cancer, right? Mm -hmm. And then I went into that and it, lots of laughter and this guy came up to me afterwards and said, oh my God, my, my mom has cancer and no one will talk to me about it. Like no one will say, this is shitty, you know, you know, or like, or, or just say it, you know, right? Like, so he said, I got so much relief out of that. He's like, oh my God, I wanna see you again. Like, you're like sometimes you just say stuff and we're not really allowed to joke about things like that where I'm from. And, you know, so it was like, I guess that would be like a therapeutic thing for them, right? Cause it's, it's subjects that it's difficult to talk about. Right. but turn it away, yeah. Right, and you hinted at something that's very interesting, dark room versus not. How do you kind of get that sense? Do you feel like, okay, maybe a few of my early jokes or the diversity of the crowd is just where I'm based because I've been there before. Mm -hmm. I sort of know what Long Beach might be like versus, you know, Hollywood. Oh, Long Beach is not that dark. Yeah, they're pretty, <laughs> they're pretty not dark. <laughs> they're more, I don't, okay, so, hmm. Sometimes it's an educational factor, mm -hmm. right? So sometimes people that are more educated can have the darker jokes. Yeah, I know sure. that sounds, because sure. they, they, they go, oh, I, you know, they'll read through one layer, two layer, three layer, four layer, right? Mm -hmm. um, not, not to be like, you know, but it's true. Like, so you like doing, and you're usually, you're, so you're in the city, like you're in a more of a city, you're gonna get the more educated people. Right. I know that sounds bad, but, and it's just a generalization, you know, but um, I've done shows in the real, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. So we always call it like the dick joke crowd, right? Like, it's like, <laughs> they get that, right? And I don't have that many jokes like that, right? Mine are more weird about people's personalities and, 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 and crazy people and how to deal with them. And right, you know, like, so, that sometimes those jokes are just not gonna, right. they're not gonna go. Right. So right. yeah, so sometimes right. it's it's the education and sometimes it's just, they're drunk in there, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's girls and they're, right. you know, they're out on the town at someone's birthday, you know, they're from like a beach town. They're like, we just, we don't care, you know, um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting. So you go from um, working with somebody who's very laid back um, to a very intense, you know, super upper class, you know, celebrity household. What's that dynamic change? Like, did you feel like, okay, I've really got to be much more serious and much more straight, at least because I am responsible for so many things and managing a really complex schedule. Yeah, I mean, mess up. Mm, I was definitely not, there's many people with that time working. I was not on the high chain there. Sure. <laughs> I was just the, the mess. I was like the runner, sure. you know, or did ran around and did errands and stuff like that. But still it's like, things are very important. And it was a bit, it could, it can get stressful, right? You're like, oh my God, you know, like I have to get this before the airplane leaves and I don't know where to get it. And uh, you know, like it was, it was, um, Probably I had probably the least stressful one <laughs> position, <laughs> but it was still, you know, things have to be done at a certain time. And, but it, but it taught you to be like precise for sure. Like, like, this is what I want, go get it, make it happen. Right. And that's really important. I mean, when I'm, when I'm hiring PAs for my show, it's like when they're, 
when they're just la, 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 you know, you're, you're like, what are you doing? Like, like, just come on, come on, figure out something. <laughs> like, keep it moving, keep it moving. You know, <laughs> Right. Like, or you think on your feet, like what, what needs to, what, what needs to be fixed? Like what, what on set? So, so my kid just woke up. Yeah. <laughs> find any of your interactions who are um, much more, you know, business-like or sometimes, wow, I did get to have a personal moment or see a personal side and, and have some of those conversations where I got a better sense that the public doesn't really see. This is a very gracious person. Sorry, I didn't hear the first time what you said. You said oh, I, I was saying, did you, did you ever get a chance to, to touch base with, with Katie or Tom in a way where you felt like, gosh, I got to see a more personal side and, and there's yeah. the business side. Um, this is Nicole and Tom at this yeah, time. Right. Okay. Yes. Um, and afterwards. Um, yeah, they're really sweet people. I mean, it's never about you. I remember when I talked to Tom and I, I didn't get to talk to him too many, too many times, but um, it's, it was never about what he's doing. It was like, how are you? Right. Like, it's always like, int they're interested. Right. Not, not, and you're like, oh, uh, I don't know. I was just <laughs> to buy you a sandwich. I don't know, like, <laughs> I, you know, like, like, but it was interesting that it is, I mean, you, you do wanna, the, the, I think that is the way to go, right? Like interested then, as opposed to interesting all the time. And they were more, Tom was definitely more interested in what, I mean, I mean, uh, depending on the situation, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't about him. It was like, it would always turn on. And I always do find that with more often celebrities that you talk to is like, how are you? You know, like it's because everyone knows what's going on with them. You read about it, right? Like they don't, they don't, they were always asked what's that, what are they doing? Right. So I think that's important. And I, I try and do that in crowds, like, um, like, what is it called? Um, crowd work, right? Like if the crowd seems to be like, mm, you know, you just have to talk to them just, okay, what's up? Why are you here? Who's that person? Are you dating? What? Right. I don't always like to do crowd work, you know, right. but if, if someone looks like they're not engaged or their attention is on something else, I'm like, okay, you're not like really paying attention. You're not listening to my joke. So <laughs> what's happening? What's going on? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, and of course, yeah. <laughs> one of the reasons that people hate being up front many times if they're more yeah. scared, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah, no, interesting. And so now um, you get this big break, national television, and I watched your spot with um, Arsenio Hall. Tell me about oh, yeah. prepping for that, because if anything stood out, and and certainly you, you, it may have been a, a first time, but uh, definitely was for you, in terms of being pregnant, it's it seems like one of those things where, gosh, this is the time that I get it, and I'm not going to uh, ignore the obvious, and I want to talk about it because I'm so excited about being pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, that was amazing. Um, and he was amazing about it because um, he was like, we're, I remember he was talking to the audience and he was really, he was like, Camille's a unique act. Like it's, it's not your average, <laughs> like uh, set up punch, set up punch kind of, kind of comedian. And I really, I appreciate that him because it's true. I, I am definitely not for everyone. And sometimes it's hard to, sometimes different crowds are, you know, they're not, they're not into it, you know, mm -hmm. like it's, right. it's, and then it, like I said, then it's a conversation with the crowd, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was, it was really, it was quite great. And it was like the first time I guessed in history that a, a, a comedian was showing pregnant on, on national television. And then after that, 
there's been specials where people are pregnant, but I sort of felt like, ah, I was the first. <laughs> because oftentimes people were, uh, comedians always say, oh my God, you're gonna get pregnant. That means you're gone, you're done, you're out. Right, like, and I'm like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm different. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I'll just include everyone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a show about the kid, you know, I'll, I'll do a, I, I like to, I do like to do that, include whatever's going on around as the art form, which is, which is good. Sure. Yeah. And no pun intended, but there's Charlie uh, in the picture we can see. Yeah, it. She's exactly. Now yeah, I like, I'm like, and I don't know if she, she was always so good at acting. Like it was, we did a pilot and then we got mm -hmm. onto Roku and then we did a bunch of seasons on Roku and she's just great. Like in our dog too, was on the show, Rocky. And she just followed direction. It was uncanny. Sure. Like, no, I, I've watched that. I, I know. <laughs> and I see the same uh, second child as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she doesn't always want to take direction, that was second one. But I think she'll be more of like a, you know, she might go into science. My right. husband's a mathematician. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> I'm going to do it my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she's, she's great, too, when she wants to, yeah. Right. I was watching that part where um, you call them on the phone and they're in the, the magic land and you say that the virus is coming and that they need to come see you. And, and uh, you know, I see them like really looking worried and, and you know, it was just- uh, Yeah, they, she was uh, really good in that actually. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. Um, also unique experiences with celebrities. Um, we're talking a little bit about beforehand that we um, really started this whole podcast doing a lot of musical celebrities. Mm -hmm. How did you get the opportunity to spend time embedded with um, James Brown? A pretty unique yeah. experience. Um, James Brown, yeah. I had a friend, a friend that was um, uh, friends with his wife. We were, and so we, we got, a, we met, we all met. And we decided, hey, why don't we film you guys at the Greek theater? Like, it'll be like 24 hours. So they're like, okay. And, and I met James Brown. And um, and I think before I I met him, I talked to him on the phone. That's what it was. Because mm -hmm. and he and he said, what are your credentials to do this? And and I was like, basically like, well, I went to film school. Like, <laughs> you know. No. And he was like. And he like paused. He was like, "That's good." Okay. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's like, "Okay, yeah, that that checks out." You know, like <laughs> I was like, "Oh wow, check okay. check past. <laughs> that's always helpful." Yeah, but it was kind of cool. It was like, "Oh yeah, well, you went to film. clearly you should do it then. You went to film school. Like, I didn't go to school. You know, like right. he, he loved people that went had a lot of education because he didn't get that right. Like, so I was like, cool. So. I was really frightened though too. Like it was, it was like a, it was, he's an icon. And so, right. So we, that's how it started. So we interviewed all the bands and, and we interviewed um, James or Mr. Brown, he liked to be called. And, you know, you had to wear, couldn't wear jeans. You had to wear either like a pant suit, you know, or a dress. <laughs> and um, that's what started. So we had a big interview with him at the Greek and then I was like, can we just keep on going with this? Right. And so we did. So then we would go to his house in, in Atlanta, in uh, Georgia and um, South Carolina. And it just, we just kept on doing it and bringing in more celebrities and mm -hmm. who wanted to talk about, you know, like Richie Sambora. And it was like, oh, we always listen to James Brown before we do our shows, you know? And, 
and it was sort of, it just kept on going. We just kept on going with it and bringing in more celebrities and bringing in more. And then, and then, then I guess a year later <clears throat> he died, right? It was like, oh, wow. <clears throat> so we, we, and then it just took a long time to release because of legal, <laughs> like, of course, right. <laughs> like, it was like, oh, okay. He did sign off on the, on the paperwork, but it was like in a James Brown way. You know, yeah. I remember he, he wrote like handwritten a contract, you know, it was like, I, James Brown, sure. will allow you to do this. However, you know, like, <laughs> I was like, okay. And we'd show it to a lawyer, you know, and they'd be like, okay, yeah, I guess. I mean, it says James Brown. Okay, I guess that's fine. <laughs> it is a contract. It's, it's a little bit different. What yeah. was it like sort of um, being in that kind of setting? Because you obviously, that's why I wanted to march up to that, been yeah. around very, very high-powered celebrities. Um, yeah. All it different was, walks um, by that point. Yeah, it was tricky because it was there's a lot going on with their family and stuff. So um, at the time, there was like... Um, uh, his wife and um, he, Tommy Ray Brown, they were having some difficulties. So it was it was a bit tricky, right? Because it's like, what do you want to portray? Right. We just would film what we could, but that that made it hard, you know. Like, and and he was always like, he's a a bit of gets a bit paranoid of a guy, right? Like, I mean, as you can imagine, so many people tried to have taken, trying to take things from him and it's hard. So, um, so you, you really, it was, you had to really build a trust, but once you had his attention, he's there. And, and, you know, he, he'd just come out and say these very, like, you know, these sound bites, you're like, ah, oh, it's amazing. You know, <laughs> you know, like, but he was, you could tell he was winding down, right? Like he was doing still 180 shows a year, but but it was it was um, I don't know something about it. You could see like uh, I don't know I don't know how much time this guy has left. It was like he was you were start he was losing like present time consciousness a bit. Right. Sure. Yeah. No, it came across. I'd been to some yeah. of those, and you could yeah. find it was harder to remember some of the words and yeah, use and things of that nature. Just mm -hmm. give, 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 and it just starts to to drain. Yeah. A bit. Um, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. seventy three, but like a heart, like you know, there's a lot of you know drugs in that life, right? right. So, sure. so it, it was. Right. I I can't believe he continued. He is a machine. I mean, like. And it doesn't matter what that guy did. It was like, he'd show up on time, he'd do his set, right? Like every time, no matter what he had done the night before or the morning of or whatever, it, he'd be like on time, go, if anyone's late, you're fired for today. Like he would still be, he had like the ultimate professionalism. So that was, that was pretty amazing. You're like, of course he's that famous. Of course he's that because he's such a, Hard, hard, the hardest man in the hardest, hardest, what is it? <laughs> hard, <laughs> in show business, right? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, tell us about some of your um, current projects. I know you're doing a few, and we talked a bit about uh, Charlie, and, and that's uh, been delightful. And I love that idea that every season would correspond to yeah. um, year. Yeah, it's okay. tricky when you're when you're like have another baby. You're like, oh, we got to shoot so many more episodes, right? <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, it's great. We just, um, we're doing, we're shooting this week, actually, we're wrapping Charlie as a pop star. So we've been shooting a music video of her um, singing a really great song about bullying. And, um, and yeah, we're still, I don't know how long, but that was her. Don't you pop my bubble. You gave too many secrets away. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So we're just wrapping that up, but and then we actually go back to New Zealand again. So um, yeah, we're 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 on Amazon, and we're still these episodes are still coming out, right? But they're getting more and more sort of sophisticated, like, <laughs> um, and um, we have to fly our dog to New Zealand. That's that'll be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> but um, because you're there for a good time, then it sounds yeah. Like that. No, it's just um. It's, it's travel has changed <laughs> since COVID. So yeah, but um, yeah, we've been trucking along and um, I, I'm really excited about this season. Like I've gotten to really experiment as a director right. and um, that, that's that been really fun. Like it's before it was more like just a real kid show and today we're doing this. And now it's turned into like sort of a narrative, serious, more serious I don't know if it's more serious or not but it's definitely more um narrative I guess you could say because she didn't do lines the first two seasons right yeah so kind of maybe sort of more went with here's what we encountered today or what happened or yeah like yeah yeah they're always about different. what's going on in life like she lost yeah. a tooth so it's like the tooth fairy episode but it's more when we shot in New Zealand it was more very nature it's so beautiful yeah. there like I, I saw you with the sheep yeah yeah exactly like it's so much we've shot all over the world we shot in China we've shot there but um so it's changed the dynamic change, but this is a real LA episode, so that'll be fun. Classic LA, and yeah. what sort of inspired that? I mean, obviously, um, you've done a lot of these different facets, like you said, or written and produced, and, and been a comedian and things like that nature. But what got you to sort of say, "Gosh, you know, I really want to turn the attention of my child at such a young age and really sort of make this into its own series on its own." Well, I guess when I did the pilot, um, I just came up with the idea and I think I mentioned it to her agent at the time. And she's like, that sounds cool. And it was gonna be like the adventures of Charlie and Rocky because they were so cute together. And then I was like, oh, let's just shoot a pilot, right? And and, um, and then it just kept on going really. And she was into it basically. It was like, I was like, oh, she's so easy to direct. Like she just wants to do it. So that makes a big difference. And then I was told later on by different directors and producers, like, I cannot believe your child is like so young and does all these lines. Last couple of things. Um, tell us where we can find you. Okay. And, and, uh, Charlie's series as well. Oh yeah. Um, Charlie's on a few networks. The earlier episodes are on Ro- Roku. Right. And I know, and then, the, and then there are, all the new stuff is coming out on Amazon Prime Video under it's Charlie. Um, then if some people get Tubi, it's like a kids TV thing. So that you can also see it there. And then um, I did a series Kiwis Coming Home in New Zealand, which was really fun. So that is coming out on Amazon Prime where I go around and interview uh, celebrities that return home to New Zealand. Mm. And But it, it's sort of a funny 
like I, I had a lighthearted view of it. I tried to make it light, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was gonna ask um, the way that laughter has sort of either been medicine for you or you've seen that it really has changed your perspective, especially now that, that your kids are also acting. Oh, right. Um, yeah, you can't let things get too serious at all, right? And then when you do, you're like, oh, it's so serious. Then I'm like, oh, I gotta, I literally, I'm like, oh, I gotta change this. And then my parents, my kids are like, oh, that's funny, mama. You know, like, like, you know, like suddenly in the car, you're like, oh, I'm getting so annoyed with you guys. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I've got to, I, I, it's not gonna work, right? Okay. Like clearly <laughs> just right. being angry and annoyed, it doesn't go that far if they keep on doing it. So you're like, oh, how am I gonna turn this around? You know, so absolutely, 100% with children, if you can find a way to put some humor into the discipline, that is way better, that will go way better in the long run. Right, absolutely, <laughs> sure. Well, it's definitely been a delight and um, we've learned so much and um, I hope we can still you know, keep in touch as uh, things continue forward. But I just thought that your background in part because of the similarity of uh, being able to relate to Boston, um, but then also New York and certainly uh, Los Angeles where I am working, um, it really sort of pulled me into wanting to know about more about your personality. And then I found that it was so down to earth, but so dynamic that it <laughs> was very much a difference from oh, what I would have expected. So yeah, definitely it's, it's been delightful. And um, we were set to go to New Zealand right before COVID. So um, it's a culture that I find um, quite fascinating. And Wait, um, you also were going to go to New Zealand? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, we really? Yeah, yeah, no, I was because we been- a For a holiday or for work? Well, a little bit of both. I mean, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, usually when it's work, it's a couple of years. So it's a pretty big commitment. Oh, so wow. We're gonna go and check it out and make sure that we could just sort of figure out the whole logistical. Oh, my gosh. No way. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can talk more about that <laughs> another time for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So thanks so much for joining us. This is um, Dr. Moshe Lewis with um, uh, Ms. Delari, and it has been a delight on Laughter Medicine to have you here. I think that you help make people really think about comedy in a different way um, and bringing your family into it at such a young age and seeing how much fun they have with it kind of allows us to see another side of you too in terms of your ability to um, direct and get a series going. That's something that so many people might aspire to and you're doing it for such a long time now that um, yeah. I've enjoyed watching the, the evolution. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women.
Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.